This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Easy money. All right, man, let's start off with some quick takes. First things first, rest in peace, Pat Stay. If you're a battle rap fan, you know exactly who he is. King of the Dot standout. I think he was King of the Dot champ at one time. He battled on URL. He's just taken from us way too soon. A really good rapper, really good battle rapper. If you don't know who Pat Stay is, go look him up on YouTube. You'll be entertained. Funny guy, a joy to listen to. You know, I was looking at some of his clips on Twitter and Instagram lately, and I was just like, man, those were some good times, man. I miss battle rap because in college, I used to watch it every day. It just it just fueled my procrastination and my underachievement in college. But, you know, it was part of it, you know, it's part of it. But it was fun to watch and we we have lost a great person and a legend way too soon cuz he got stabbed. I don't know why. I'm just devastated. I can't imagine how his family feels and how people who actually spend time with him in the battle rap community, how they feel. I I just can't imagine. But rest in peace, Pat Stay. Another thing, uh, Brian Robinson. I'll I'll transition to this. So you already know by now, Brian Robinson got shot on 8th Street. And the minute I heard that, I was heartbroken. I was like, oh, no. Because I actually like that guy. Remember, I think it was an episode or two ago. I was like, this guy, if Antonio Gibson don't watch his back, if he don't get it together, Brian Robinson's going to start. And I thought it was going to happen about maybe four games in or midway through the season. No, they made Brian Robinson the starter right after game three of the preseason. So the coaches saw what we all saw, that Brian Robinson was that dude. I think the day he got made the starter, he was at Crab Boss, which I end up trying Crab Boss because of this incident. Weird, weird. But the food is good. The service is iffy, but the food was good. Anyway, he got shot there. He's another victim of uh, carjacking, but he fought enough to ward off the carjackers who were teens that's that's a problem here and i guess in a lot of major cities but especially here where teens are carjacking and some of them are armed some of them aren't i think most of them are armed to be honest but that's a problem we have yet to really solve and he just became another victim of it and hope and i'm just so glad that all his vital organs were missed and that he was out of the hospital within a day. I'm just, it's just got to stop. The carjacking, I say it's got to stop and it's probably going to keep happening because, you know, no one really, not not no one. I guess police don't really prosecute cute that crime as hard as they should. Like, the punishment for that crime isn't as strict and as hard as it should be. Or they just not catching the people. 
either way, it keep happening, and we almost lost a young, promising star. I know he's on the Washington sitcom, but he's one of the few players I actually like. Glad he is recovering. He got put on the non-football injury list, so he's out at least four weeks. So I guess that's good for Antonio Gibson fantasy owners. It was a lot of Antonio Gibson jokes when the news came out. It's not. It's kind of insensitive, but I get it. I mean, people like to play. People play too much on Twitter. They play way too much, so of course the jokes are gonna fly. But seriously though, it could have ended up a lot worse than it did. The bullet came out of his knee, and somehow it looks like he's gonna be able to play this season. And I'm glad about that. And I'm just, it's just unfortunate that he got caught in that situation. Uh, let's see. Now, Michael from Big Brother. So, Michael from Big Brother is dominating. He just broke the comp record set by Janelle, who in her original season, she's been on like four seasons. I mean, CBS lover, the fans lover. But her original season, she came in third. This could be where Michael headed because the target on him is so big and only... Two people want to bring him to the end. He has a huge target on his back. He outed Kyle with with Brittany. He, he outed Kyle as a racist because, you know, he assumed that all the black people were going to work, come together and work together as a cookout 2.0. If you're not a Big Brother fan and don't know about cookout, I'm you got to go back and watch last season and see what he's talking about but this guy is unreal he should win the game because he's just on a serious streak he wins veto then hoh veto and then hoh he's just he's killing it it's kind of like misha tate last season and she ended up winning um if he goes to the end with Brittany or Taylor, he should win. If he goes to the end at all, he should win. But it's probably going to be bitter juries. He might not win just because, you know, his social game was shaky. And, you know, him sitting on the info about what Kyle said and and stuff. It's probably not going to do him any good at the end. So... We'll see, but man, props to him for breaking that record. Dude is a beast. He's a he's like a scrawny guy. He don't look athletic, but he's winning physical comps, mental comps, you know, whatever else they have for them. He's winning it all. That's crazy. Endurance comps, all of them. I think endurance comps are all the ones he, he, I don't think he's really won or he's done all that great at. But other than that, killing it. Oh, so I heard there is a 12-team playoff that's supposed to start in 2026. By then, Oklahoma will be in the SEC. And it's going to be harder to make that 12-team playoff. And I'm just like, man, wow. That didn't take long at all. So they go from four. I thought they was going to go to eight. Nah, they going to 12. And I'm telling you, by 2030, they're going to go to 16. And by 2040, maybe 2050, 
they're gonna it's gonna look like the FCS tournament and it's gonna be 32 teams. I'm telling you, watch. And I was looking at OU's record since 2014 when they started the playoffs. And I'm like, Oklahoma would have made the playoffs. Every season except 2014 where they finished the year unranked, they were they were trash. Or they were just above average, which in Oklahoma football standards is trash. 2021, which was last year, honestly, they had one loss until the end. They lost to Oklahoma State. They lost to Baylor. Like, I knew it was going to be tough for them to stay undefeated, but they lost them two games, and they were both winnable. But it put them out of contention. And I was just looking at it. I was just looking at the final 12 from last year, and I'm like, the only teams outside of the top five that had a fighting chance against um, Alabama, Michigan, or Georgia, or Alabama and Georgia, the only teams that had a chance against Alabama and Georgia were Ohio State and Utah. And, of course, they faced off against each other and had an amazing game. Come on, man. Pitt would have been the 12th team last year. They would have got smoked. They would have died. Come on, man. Y'all can't be serious right now. I, I really wonder how they would have did it. I think they would have gave the, the top four a bye and then let five through 12 battle it out. And then from there... I think that's when you go top eight. And looking at it, I'm like, say if Notre Dame did beat Pitt. I mean, Pitt did beat Notre Dame. Yeah, they would have got Cincinnati. They probably still would have lost, even though that's not. Cincinnati wouldn't need that much better than Pitt. But then they would have had to play Alabama, and they would have got absolutely destroyed. So at the end of the day, it don't matter who's going to beat Alabama and Georgia. Who is going to beat Alabama and Georgia? That is where we at in today's times. Who are going to beat those guys? So you can have all these teams, but at the end of the day, best teams are going to win out, and they're usually 1-2 or 1-2-3 at the end of the season. It's just how it goes, man. Uh, Let's see. Oh, the WNBA playoffs. It's lit. You know what? The Aces and the Storm, the series is so good. I'm cool with the Mystics not being there because I'm not sure if the series would have been as competitive with the Mystics there, especially the way they had been playing the last month and a half. But this series between the Storm and the Aces is unreal. And... Everyone knew it was going to be like that. All these games are very competitive. That last game was an instant classic. An instant classic. I mean, Asia Wilson and Brianna Stewart just just going off. Just battling. Both had like, well, Brianna Stewart had like 20-something. But uh, Asia Wilson had over 30 points. I mean, he killed it. She killed it. Oh, man. 
And then, you know, Chelsea Gray. Chelsea Gray had another amazing game and hit some uh, really close, not close. She had she hit some really clutch shots. Especially that one in overtime. That one in overtime she hit to kind of, I think that put them up three. It may have put them up six. That overtime where they finished the game on like a 12-2 run. It was like a 13-2 run at the end of the game. Bruh, they were on fire so much. Even Kia Stokes was hitting threes. I didn't know she could shoot those. She's the center, right? I swear to God, I didn't know she could shoot threes. Of course you expect that from Chelsea Gray and Kelsey Plum. But her? Man. And that last sequence in the fourth quarter, to be honest, bro, we never should have even got to overtime. The only reason they were in overtime was because Tina Charles, who I still think shouldn't have left the Mystics, but, you know, it worked out because we was able to draft Shakira Austin. But, you know, she missed two free throws. She missed two free throws that would have put them up, I think, four or five. I mean, I think Brianna Stewart missed a free throw down the stretch. And then Raquana Williams hit two big threes in regulation, especially the one that cut it to one. That was the one right there. That was the one. Wow. <laughs> that was the three right there that kind of set everything in motion. And it's just that whole second half, it was just back and forth. Especially the fourth quarter. No, especially the fourth quarter. Like, Seattle will hit a three. Aces will hit a three. Seattle will hit a layup. Aces will hit a layup. It was just kept going back and forth. And Sue Bird hitting that three to put them up two. Man, I thought the game was over. But somehow, um, somehow Becky Hammond, who, who be looking good all the time, um... She drew up some play that got Jackie Young open, and she was able to make a layup, and they only had like one second on the clock. So they was able to execute this in one second. That that was just beautiful. What a game. But Asia Wilson, see, this was the play before the Sue Bird play. Asia Wilson traveled. Bro, she did this about five times this game, where she'd, she'd start at like the top of the key. She'd dribble. She take like a half a step or kind of a full step or like she kind of she kind of takes some little steps and then she steps through. Like it's a little extra step when she tried to step through the lane and lay it up. And she did it again down the stretch and they didn't call it and she scored. I'm like, man, she keep traveling, bro. She really traveled on that play. Go back and watch it. Watch it. She really traveled on that play. Oh, my God. But great game. Great series so far. I told you it's going five. I fully expect the Storm to respond whenever that game is. Um, Since it's WNBA, best three out of five. So if the Aces win, they go to the finals. If not, we go back to Las Vegas for game five. And I truly believe we're going back to Las Vegas for game five. Now the sun in the sky. It was a that was another close game. But the sun 
failure to execute down the stretch, especially defensively. People just popping open for layups and stuff, man. I I just don't understand. I just just don't understand at all. Like, Candace Parker was clutch. Unlike Tina Charles, she hit her free throws. And that helped ice the game. But yeah, that's a, that's another really competitive series. John Quill Jones didn't really play as much as she should have in the fourth quarter until like down the stretch, and even then she wasn't really a factor. And they just they just couldn't hit any shots to bring them closer, and they just was breaking down defensively. So I have a feeling that this guy can close it out, but. Connecticut Sun is just too good of a team. Got too many good veterans like Dewana Bonner and uh, John Quill Jones, who was the MVP not too long ago. And oh my God, they they got so many pieces, man. Uh, they got a young DJNA Harrington. You know she. They got they got too many. Alyssa Thomas is back. She's an All Star. Brianna Jones, six six uh, Woman of the Year. Great presence down low. Great defensively. Uh, I forgot that the Williams girl, number 10. Like, they, they got some folks, man. It's just the sky is just a little bit better, and I think they're going to end up pulling this out, even though I want the Sun to win and get revenge for last year. But I think at the end of the day, man, I think the sky execute at a higher level, and they got Emma Mieseman who was a great role player. wish she was with the Mystics, but once again, she's a free agent. Hopefully, you know, she comes back, but the Secure Austin thing, man, I, I don't know. I don't know how she fits. Do, do we put Shakira Austin on the bench, or do we just play her alongside Shakira Austin and Deladon? Something we're going to have to figure out in the offseason, but it's been a joy. It's a joy watching Emma Mieseman play. That's my girl, but she's she's on the sky doing her thing. Great series. That's going to be a fire ending. And, you know, I, I'm excited. But, yeah, man. Uh, now, let's get to OU football. <laughs> that quick takes wasn't quick at all. But, whatever. OU football. Great win. Against Utah. I mean, come on. We we were clearly better than them. Now, the first quarter, it was like, it was Mike Tyson-esque. Just like, oh, I was like, oh, they out of here. I think they scored on their first three drives. Defensively, they were flying around. It didn't look like Utah could get a pass off. It didn't look like they could gain anything on the ground. Look, seriously... Looked like we were going to choke them out. And then the second quarter happened. That's when penalties started happening. That's when the offense started slowing down. Defensively, there started to be some holes. Started to be, I think there was a turnover, I think, in that mix too. It just really was sloppy in the second quarter. And I'm like, oh, boy. That's when I started to worry because the game got to, what, I think 21-10? And I was like, uh-oh, here we go. We loafing. 
Here comes the doubts. But thankfully, man, third quarter, they turned it back up. Old man Braden Willis, I, I can't believe he's still in school, but he's he's a pretty good player. He caught two pop passes where the quarterback just froze the linebacker. And he's just the linebacker just sitting there looking like a dummy. Just got sucked in and just Braden Willis is just wide open. And then Braden Willis made another key block on the uh, Gavin Freeman play. I've never heard of Gavin Freeman in my life. But I learned I learned a lot about him that day. And it started with that play. I, it started with that play, man. He caught he caught a reverse. He broke two tackles. Stiffed on someone else and went all the way to the house. I was like, this guy, this is the beast mode. I'm like, this guy is on another level right now. He will not go down. I was like, this guy is the realest. And the illest. Real talk. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. Man, oh man, oh man. That was so fun to watch that that play. And you know, seeing his mom on Twitter and uh Gavin, Gavin himself just eating it all up. I didn't know he went to the same high school as Sterling Shepard. Just shows you how much I follow recruiting. I, I I guess I'm not one of these Sooner fans that follow recruiting. Because I would have knew all about him. But alas, I did not. I did not know anything about him. But this guy is a real one. And he's a walk-on? Oh, he oh, we got a real one. He's gonna be around. I like him. I really do. I mean, Dylan Gabriel, like, the jury's still out, but so far so good. Just no more of those second quarters. You know what I'm saying? That was just t- that was just pitiful. But if we could just do this against tougher competition, defense flying around the ball, offense going fast. I mean, this was this one drive where Eric Gray had like a 25-yard run. Then we came back with a long pass, and then we ended with a pop pass. I swear to God, I swear to God, like the drive was like less than a minute. It was beautiful. I was like, if we can do that, we win in another Big 12 title, and we might go back to the playoffs. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, we got somebody next. I think we got Kent State. We got some bum team that we playing on Saturday. Uh, I'm supposed to go, supposed to be watching it with the, uh, the Sooner Club. I probably will watch it with them. I'm supposed to be watching it with them. I probably will. Or I could just sit back at home. I got ESPN Plus. Thank God. It's not on Sooner Vision. It's on ESPN Plus. I have that. I could just sit back and watch that at the crib. Uh, we'll see. I think about it, but, uh, yeah, we should punish them. <laughs> and then after that is the big Nebraska game. They lost to Northwestern and it just looked like their defense is a effing joke. <laughs> I, I was trying to think of the words, but that is pretty much it. Defense is a joke. We should cook them, but you know, on paper, remember last year, on paper, we were supposed to crush them last year, and it was a close game that came down to a DJ Graham unreal, out-of-this-world interception. Can't have that this year. We're going to Lincoln. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. 
you're going to have to fight for every yard. But we are the boomer sooner. And we're going to ride that bandwagon straight through they field. And we're going to win this game somehow, some way. Happy for my Sooners. Love Eric Gray. Love uh, Marvin Mims. We still got Theo Wees. I mean, love the defense. It's the, that Grimes kid? Oh, man. Another pass rusher I really like on OU. Telling you, man. Just got to keep it up. Because it's going to get harder from here. That's obvious. But after Kent State. <laughs> oh, man. Now, other college football games. Uh, let's see. What do I got here? Other college football games. West Virginia Pitt. I've been waiting forever for this game to come back. Like Texas and Texas a and And it did not disappoint. 38-31. And it came down to a, a drop pass by Kmar Whedon. We, that's his name, right? Well, Wheaton is in his last name. I, I'm, I don't want to look it up right now. But basically, I think he's their best receiver. And he dropped the pass and Pitt housed it. Wow. It looked like West Virginia was going to win. Especially with that pass rush. Just eating alive their offensive line and, their, and Pitt's quarterback. But Pitt hung in there, and they flipped the script down the stretch. And it just seemed like when JT Daniels in West Virginia really needed the yards and a touchdown, they couldn't block Pittsburgh's D-line. They just they couldn't. They was getting worked. They was getting bodied. But... I wouldn't overlook West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia, Oklahoma plays them at West Virginia this year. Always a tough place to play. Um, it's still up in the air whether or not I'm going to go. But from the looks of it, their team is decent. But it's just, I just don't think they have enough to beat the top teams in the Big 12. But it was entertaining to watch them versus Pitt. And I can't wait for next year. The game was so good that I'm considering going next year when the scene flips to Morgantown. They're going to play a few times this decade. I, I've already seen it. They, I think they play like four or five more times from, from now on. And thinking of that made me think of, okay, thinking of that game reminded me that Virginia Tech and ODU happened. And, you know, I thought Virginia Tech was going to handle business. They did not. Now, every time I see ODU, I think about the time that Virginia went, Virginia Tech went there and lost in a shootout. This game was 20-17 to 17 ODU. And it was just dumb turnovers by both teams. But Virginia Tech made that one last mistake and ODU won. And, of course, their fans stormed the field. And uh, Blumrick probably is going to be Virginia Tech's best receiver. He ran over a fan. That was crazy. But not good for Virginia Tech. Not a good start. And they have a 10-year series. Uh, they reported that ODU stole some stuff from their locker room. Someone from there. I, I don't know if it's true or not. But, man, that just adds fuel to the fire. That's another one like West Virginia Pitt. 
where you can't wait to see it next year. And this time the scene shifts to Virginia Tech, I believe. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Boy, we're going to remember this one. They're going to remember this one. I, I can't wait for that either. Uh, Georgia and Oregon was a joke. 49-3? to Really? What a joke. And Oregon has Georgia's defensive coordinator. But they just couldn't stop a soul. It was so bad. People were really wondering why Oregon was ranked. And I'm like, it's either Georgia is really, really good. It's more likely this. Or Oregon is severely overrated and will be a middle of the pack, big Pac-12 team. I don't know what it is. Um, I truly believe it's probably because Georgia's just really, really good. But man, 49 to 3? Jesus Christ. And they got Stetson Bennett, Bennett looking like Patrick Mahomes? Bro, what in the world? I'm mad we hyped this game up. It's it's our fault. It's our fault. We hyped that game up, and that's what ended up happening. You <laughs> Oregon was the number 12 team in the country. I think number 11. Bro, come on, bro. Number 11 team in the country, 49 to 3. Get up out of here, son. There's no way. There is no way. You have got to be kidding. At least put up some fight. Lord Jesus. Well, the first, okay, the first half was somewhat competitive, but after that, death. Jesus. UNC and Appalachian State. Now, when I was on YouTube TV, I think all of my attention was towards, oh, man, what game was I watching? It was, I was watching something else. I don't know what it was, but I was watching something else that wasn't that game. It might have been Virginia Tech ODU, but anyway, I kind of slept on this game. Yeah. No, it was Iowa. That was the game I was watching. I should have been watching UNC Appalachian State because I was watching Iowa and South Dakota State. I mean, South Dakota State is the number two FCS team in the country, and Iowa is a annually contending Big Ten team. So I was thinking, surely Iowa's going to handle business kind of like Texas A&M did to another top 10 FCS team. I thought it was going to be like that. Man, it was a 3-3 game, and it ended up being 7-3 Iowa. I mean, it was Floyd Mayweather-type defense on both sides. South Dakota State couldn't get any type of passing game going. Uh, Iowa couldn't either. They got some big chunk plays here and there, but every time they got in the red zone, South Dakota State would just lock in sack the quarterback, or Iowa would, uh, Iowa's quarterback would throw some errant pass and the crowd would boo him. It was crazy. But I should have been watching UNC Appalachian State because it was the complete opposite. I mean, that game ended up being, what, 63-61? It was zero defense. It was... You know how they used to joke about the Big 12 during the Baker Mayfield era? 
Yeah, it was that type of defense. Terp. And I'm looking at the highlights, and I'm like, just just people running wide open, big plays all over the place. People just, oh my god. UNC should lost this game. They really let Appalachian State stay in it at the end. They had a holding penalty that gave Appalachian State another chance, and they scored. And Appalachian State tried to go for two, and the quarterback overthrew the guy. What? What? And then, onside kick to get it back. Their coverage team gets completely annihilated, which clears a path for the UNC kid to run into the end zone. He should have taken a knee and laid it down because Avalanche State only had one timeout. They could have ran the clock out. That gave Avalanche State another opportunity. And, of course, they score down eight, but they get stopped short of a two-point conversion, and they lose. And what is UNC doing after that? They out here dancing in the locker room. I wish I was make making this up. But, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to understand. Because I guess in the moment you gotta celebrate a hard fought victory because you won. But man, they should have never been in that situation. And the defense was terrible all game. But I think in the moment you celebrate, you have fun with the guys. But man, on Monday, boy, you better hit that film room. Tuesday, you better hit that film room, that practice field. You got to correct some of these mistakes because it was just very undisciplined. The, 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 the stupid penalty that extended the drive, the onside kick touchdown, which extended the game. Dumb. Just dumb. They better clean it up or they're going to get washed in the ACC. And the ACC isn't even that good. But these guys loafing. I know Appalachian State's an underrated program, always been an underrated program ever since they moved to the FBS. And and the game was at their place. And, you know, it's a hard-fought victory. But come on, man. Come on. This is just too much, man. Too much playing around. Too much. Oh my god, I'm going on and on. Bruh, this joint might have a part two. Ha! <laughs> oh my god. This episode might just have a part two. Oh my god. I think so. Alright, other other games. Uh let's see. I'm trying to see right now. Notre Dame, Ohio State. Um another kind of defensive battle. Very tough fourth down stops from both teams. Third and fourth down stops from both teams. But at the end of the day, Ohio State passed for us too much. They made big stops when they had to. And then the running game, too much. And it's just C.J. Stroud made some clutch throws down the stretch to put it away. I mean, what can you do? But, hey, I can't believe this. Notre Dame was a 17-point underdog. They had the lead at halftime. And Ohio State still almost covered. They were a touchdown away from covering. That's just crazy to me. I still think Ohio State is going to be a tough out. 
I don't know. They they just might sweep the Big Ten. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Would love to see them lose to Michigan again. That would be awesome. Would love to see them lose to Michigan State. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. But I don't know, man. They, they're, just, they're better than those teams. And they got Michigan at home. But they're at Michigan State. Oh, boy. I'm hoping for the worst for them. I hope they choke. Do not like Ohio State. But, you know, if they do run the table and end up back in the playoffs, I'm just going to shrug my shoulders and be like, they just got too much talent. They were just too much for Notre Dame. But I, I appreciate how Notre Dame fought. They they had to. They've been disrespected all offseason and all week going into this game. I mean, they, they had to come out and ball. For real. Okay, now Utah and Florida. Now Utah had control of this game for like two and a half quarters. Then it turned into basically a shootout. And it's like this this I think his name Richardson, number fifteen from Florida. Ironic how he wears fifteen. He's just, just running around like Lamar Jackson. Making people miss in the open field. He only had like a hundred sixty yards passing. But he almost had as many rushing. And he had two key rushing touchdowns, I believe. Um, That game was turned into a whoever had the last possession was going to win. Utah had the last possession. But Cam Rising, I thought for sure they were going to drive down and score. This man throws an interception. I was like, well, I'll be damned. He got away with one. Now, one, he threw straight to the linebacker. The linebacker dropped it. Then he was able to get in the enemy territory, and then he finally threw that pick in the end zone. And I was like, God damn. I wanted Utah to win, okay? They were in SEC country. Yeah, they were the ranked team, but I wanted them to win. You know what I'm saying? Because I like, I like their program. I like what they're building. I hope they beat USC. I'm just saying. Uh, USC beat Rice. I mean, we ain't gonna talk about that, man. They got three pick sixes. I mean, that's a joke. <laughs> it's it's Rice. It's Rice. They had to they had to get three pick sixes to pull to pull away. Like, come on. Anyway, what a game that was. And in Florida State LSU. Oh my God, I that game was just overhyped. Both teams don't look that great. Florida State had to control most of the second half, but then LSU scored, and Florida State fumbles at the one-yard line, and LSU goes on a crazy 99-yard drive. See, what what was news to me, and I forgot about it, is that LSU got Arizona State's transfer uh, quarterback. They got their quarterback. He transferred to LSU, and now he's the starting quarterback at LSU. This dude started off great, and then he fell off, and then he had that 99-yard drive. But then the block kick, oh, my God, man. The What happened before the block kick, the whole, I thought the tight end that caught the ball was going to score. He stepped out of bounds. That was smart. That was very smart. I love it. <laughs> that was very smart of him to do. <laughs> Oh, man, that was very smart of him to do. 
And he, thank God, because I, see me, I was thinking in that moment, oh, he can run over that DB and score. Man, if he would have got tackled at the one-yard line, time would have ran out, and we all would have been killing him. Like, why didn't you go out of bounds? He went out of bounds, but his knee touched on the ground. But what's crazy is they took like 10 minutes with this review. It took forever just for them to say, because we knew LSU was going to run that last play at the two-yard line with two seconds to go or one second to go. But if he would have got called out of bounds, it would have started on the snap. You learn this in football officiating. This is like day one stuff or year one stuff. But he got called down. So now as soon as the ball is ready for play, they're going to start the clock instead of on the snap. So you have basically you have less time to get this playoff. Okay, that's what they came up with. They took forever to get to this point, and I don't understand. But then when we got to this point, Florida State calls a timeout. So they're going to have to start on the snap anyway. Like you didn't have 10, 15 minutes. Damn, Joy. Like you didn't have <laughs> like you didn't have 10 or 15 minutes. Oh, wow. Oh, Joy Taylor. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Marcellus Wiley is off of Speak for Yourself. And now the show is called Speak with Emmanuel Acho, LaShawn McCoy, David Hellman, and Joy Taylor. What? Oh, my God. Okay, I'm sure that's going to be a good show. Anyway, back to Florida State LSU. This is funny. Why would you call a timeout? You had all that time to set up something. And then what makes it so bad, when they did start the play on the snap, they let Daniels look off the defender on, I think, the defense's right side. He looked off that defender, came back, threw like some kind of slant, back of the end zone, touchdown. You did all that for nothing. Why did you call a timeout and gave them extra time to set up a play? But they got bailed out because Joe Tessitore, before the, the kick went up, he said that LSU had a had a kick blocked earlier. I was like, oh, this is going to happen again, ain't it? And then it got blocked. And I was like, oh, my God. Everyone who watched that went crazy. They lost their mind. LSU fans must be sick. Everyone else, just enjoy the good football, enjoy the good TV, because it was fun to watch, and I'm happy. Oh, my God. Man. Listen, what a great weekend of college football. Man, I got to keep myself from sitting down and watching all this college football. It's just too much fun, man. But there's money to make, there's moves to make. So I have to be disciplined, and I have to kind of cut down on my college football watching. But this is, this is only the beginning. The season's going to keep going. And then you got NFL on top of that. Man, it is great to be a sports fan. It is great to be a sports fan. And also, I'm starting fantasy football. So I'll probably be talking about that. Uh, like my team so far. Of course, the first team I've drafted is the most important team. And that's the one with my college friends. 
I've never won a title with these guys. Hopefully, this is the year. Uh, the one that's I got two of them coming up. Both of my high school peeps. Now I kind of I definitely got to beat the high school peeps. The one with the forty dollar buy in. I definitely got to beat them because they decided to make the draft at seven. Um, but I have a basketball game at six thirty. So basically, I had to set my auto draft strategy, or have to set my auto pick strategy because I'm not gonna be there for like half the draft because I got this basketball game. I'm mad, bro. It was a vote, and my vote lost out. I'm pissed. That is why I hope I win, and I hope I'm disciplined enough to go every day and be on top of my game and be always on top of waiver wires and start and sit and all that, man. I need to be on all that because I got to beat these guys, man. I'm mad about the start time. I'm heated. I hope I beat them, man. I really do. And I low-key, nah, that's too much. That's that's too much meat riding. <laughs> I was going to be like, you know what? I want to rename my team. I want to rename my fantasy football team with my high school folks. I want to rename it Joy's Favorite Team. But that's too much meat riding. That's too much meat riding. I don't want to do that. So, <laughs> I can't do it, man. But I want to beat these guys, man. Because in that league, I think I've been in that league three years. I think this is my third year in that league. And last year, I don't think I made the playoffs last year. I Or I may have made the playoffs, but I got bounced in the first round. I, I got to have it, man. I, I'm mad about the, the draft start time. I'm, I'm heated. Man, oh, man. Good Lord Jesus. Dog. Well, this episode has gone way too long. So I will be recording another one, I guess, today or maybe tomorrow. Probably today. And hopefully I can get both of these episodes out by the end of the week. If I'm on my grind, the middle of the week. We'll see. But for now, you already know that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.